Welcome to another episode of the Being Better Everyday podcast, where once in a while I talk to other moms juggling all the things. Today, I am inviting Kayla from the Leadership Unveiled podcast. She's a Minnesota mom with soon-to-be three littles who, like me, manages a full-time job while running her passion project on the side. The Leadership Unveiled podcast focuses on career growth, leadership tips, productivity, and organization strategies. So as you can imagine, we have a lot to talk about because beers are things that I'm also passionate about as well. (laughs) So welcome to the Being Better Everyday podcast, where we make your days more peacefully productive while you're juggling all the things. I'm your host, Julie Wenslick, a millennial mom, finance professional, and founder of P&W Designs. I know that as a mom, business owner, corporate girl, or a combination of all three like myself, sometimes life can feel like a lot. With the simplicity and systems to being better every day, we create habits and routines that support your life, create calm in the chaos, and put the you back in your everyday. So grab those headphones, put on your shoes, and join me on a walk while we dig in to today's episode. So, welcome Kayla. Thank you. First things first, we met a couple of years back, which I'm thinking it was like five years (laughs) ago because I think we were pregnant around the same time. And we were both at the time doing network marketing. We have obviously since stayed in touch and similarly kind of had run like parallel lives from a business perspective. And we've only met once in person, um, even though we're only what, a half an hour away from each other. I know we have to do it more, (laughs) but obviously Zoom is definitely more convenient. So here we are for those on video, we are on over on YouTube. Otherwise you're certainly listening to this on your favorite podcast podcast platform. Um, So Obviously, we always start with just an introduction. So who are you? Where are you from? Obviously, name of, I would say age of your kids as well, or, you know, (laughs) almost kids. And then um, what do you do in corporate America? Well, thanks for having me, Julie. I like your intro because thinking about like going for a walk with you, that's something I also want to do more that it's nice out. So we maybe well, could do that together. Don't be jinx fun. us on the like the time of recording. This <laughs> is kind nice, right? <laughs> I know it did snow like two days ago, I think for like a brief moment, but yeah. So I'm Kayla. I'm from Wisconsin originally. So I'm from Southeast Wisconsin, like Kenosha, I always have to qualify it. I always say like the county, not the city, because people think of like that 70s show or, or some of the bad things that happened in the last few years in Kenosha, but that's where it was filmed, the 70s show. I didn't know that. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm from. And then I, the school here at the U um, in Minnesota, and then I just never moved back because, well, my mom's from Chicago and my dad was from like rural Wisconsin. So when I moved up here, when I toured the campus, I was like, okay, I love it because I can like go downtown and like see a show and like be near the city if I want, kind of like going to Chicago, or I can just like drive through a cornfield and like roll with the windows open and like, you know, play my music. And that was like how I grew up. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I just stayed. So yeah. And then I married him and my husband in college, although we were just friends, we were lab partners. And then, um, and we lived in the same dorm and then we didn't date until after. So when he was in med school afterwards, he reached out to me on Facebook and we started chatting. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So we've been friends for a long time. Uh, we got married seven, almost eight years ago and been together for, I guess, 10 or 11 years now. And then, yeah, we have two kids, uh, our daughter's five, five and a half actually. Yeah, so it and is then, around the same age. Yeah. My son's two and a half. And then we have another one coming 
due at the end of April. So we don't know what that one is yet, which is, I think it's a boy. We'll see. All the skins <laughs> make me think it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was wrong every time so far. So. Were they all surprises? Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, and then um for work, um, so I work uh at I'm a health fairview, so it's a large healthcare system here in Minnesota, and I'm a system program manager. So I have there's all these weird structures for reporting where it's at one site and then across the system, but essentially I lead a um, I'm a laboratory leader, so I'm a scientist by training. So that's what I went to school for. And then, but now I'm in a management role for labs. So that's what I do corporate. And uh, yeah, I just love leadership. So my side hustle, my other business leadership, KFA Consulting or my podcast, Leadership Unveiled Podcast is all about like leadership, helping professionals stay and get organized. Yeah, yeah. I was working out and doing network marketing after Kate was born. Yeah, yeah, around and then the your same daughter time is just a little bit younger than Kate, right? So, so she Danny's yeah. turning five in April. Um yeah, so cool. she's not quite five, but yeah, I had done over the years a lot of different things outside of my corporate job, but network marketing was one yeah. of them for a while. <laughs> Me too. I've had actually the podcast since 2018, but at the time when I first started it, it was called Coffee with Kayla with a K. <laughs> and then um it was Eventually, then it was like Glow Getters podcast. I've changed it so many times to just kind okay. of like fit. That's the one I remember. Yeah. Um, is is that? Because that's what all my like network marketing groups, I used to call them like Glow Getters. Well, you definitely have a longer experience in podcasting than, you know, I started mine in September. So you're doing pretty uh, well. I'm impressed <laughs> by your YouTube channel. So if anybody's listening, and they haven't checked it out or watch the videos and it's Plus, great. We put our makeup on for a reason, right? <laughs> I know. I like only put on for this. <laughs> Normally I would not. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, from a leadership perspective, how long have you been in a leadership role in uh, your corporate job? Yeah. Um, officially I became supervisor slash like a technical specialist. It was like a combined role back in 2015. Okay. So yeah, I was, I had been working there for about two and a half ish, three years. I started in 2012 and had always found like little ways to do things that I enjoyed. I was doing like a lot of education and stuff. And then I went back to school and got additional certificates because I can't stop, you know, paying for education. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like to learn. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it just an opportunity came open. Um, and I, it was insane. I didn't think I would be in that role for like another 10 years. So I was like, uh, I have like no experience. I mean, I had worked in other places like in retail and grocery stores and restaurants and stuff and had like leadership positions, but nothing professional until then. So yeah. So I guess I've been, I was a supervisor sharing 2015. So then uh, but then as a manager, kind of what I'm doing right now, I've been doing that for since Kate was born. I think I went on maternity leave and then came back and started my new job. So like five and a half years. And did you, like when you were promoted to kind of this leadership management position, did you get any formal training internally? Or is that part of like <laughs> why you became so passionate That's about so it? That's so funny. <laughs> <Externally>. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously like, you know, some companies have like courses you can take and like, there's people you can reach out to and mentors and stuff. But yeah, that was one reason why I sort of leaned into creating the podcast and like started talking about things because I was literally like Pinteresting, like, 
how to be a good young professional leader. And it was yeah. like the worst advice. It was like all like old white dudes or yep. like <laughs> corporate women who were yeah, like my school. boss at the time. Yeah. My, like my boss was, um, she didn't retire until she was like way beyond retirement age so she was probably well into her 60s and I learned a ton from her like she was amazing but I didn't see anybody else like represented as like a millennial who wanted to do things like me so um yeah I was like super burnt out at the beginning and like worked crazy hours and stuff and then I was like that's so unsustainable like there's got to be a different way so I just started talking about it and yeah yeah that's how I was born I mean, that's one of the reasons why even on our podcast, I tend to talk about working in corporate America because the the practices that, that have been modeled for us by other generations aren't necessarily how we want to live our lives. It's true. <laughs> and so for me, it's been even helpful to see and hear from other leaders who believe in transparency and balance because I think... Mm-hmm. You know, the leadership that I grew up with is very much you uh, owe your life to your corporate job and you are expected to work day in and day out. And they still do. Right. They're mm-hmm. they're working seven days a week and, and 70, 80 hours a week at least. And I have found through systems productivity that I can get what I need to get done, be a high performing person and still <laughs> not work like they work (laughs) yeah yeah like leave a little bit in the tank for you and like everything else like work isn't the only thing that we're doing yeah right (laughs) absolutely I mean I I remember vividly when I was still working in the lab as like a tech um my boss at the time was um I worked evening shift actually I worked some shift work and I would leave at like 11 and she'd still be there and I know she'd show up at like 7 30 in the morning and I think like is that necessary right. <laughs> like why and I always kind of wondered like is that what th- that we're expected to do that and I remember thinking like I never want her job which is yep. funny because I ended up having her job at some point like now I'm in the same role she was in then but I leave on time like I'm not sticking around till 11 p.m. and working like I don't know what would that be like a A lot of hours (laughs) yeah seven to seven plus you know four hours so 16 hour day on purpose like uh, every day (laughs) no not possible (laughs) yeah I and and I think the thing that proves it too is is that you're still showing up growing your professional career and showing that there's balance in that and I know balance is always one of those like taboo words but you know whatever you want to call not owing your life to a corporate job yeah and I think in like leadership too especially when you're in a you know I know healthcare is different in terms of like okay so I have to be there super early because that's when we start serving patients and stuff but everybody has their own experience where I think you can you can try to build in a little flexibility if you are really efficient with your time. Like, I think if you show your, your boss that you can get to get done without them having to like micromanage you and, and there, and all that, you can leverage that for a more flexible schedule. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think it has to be so rigid. I I know modeling leaving on time and trying to do those things for my team. I think they're still kind of like, 
are we where it's okay if we like sign off I'm and I'm like yeah like I'm I am showing you the way like this is how I think it's going to be more sustainable for you in the long term and I still work with other leaders that on my team who are different generation than me that think that maybe they have to prove to me that they're like loyal and I'm like no <laughs> yeah. like it's fine <laughs> like just get your work done and I think you're awesome I don't need your loyalty really it's yeah, I don't know. It's just a new way of thinking. Well, and the the real thing is just get your work done, right? Just get your work done and I'll give yeah. you all my trust and all the freedom and everything. But yeah, if you don't get your work done and I have to hear about it, like, okay, then we have to like figure something out. But like I'll extend my hand and and hopefully, you know, help you create systems to be efficient. So then you can leave on time and know like it'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> it'll, it'll always be there tomorrow. So is your, with your job, are you, I would assume being in the science and healthcare realm that you're yeah. in person, is that correct? Partially. Yeah. So for a while up till COVID, I was totally in person. And then, um, there were times when I could work remote, like a day here and there, I would, uh, work from home and it would be rare, but after COVID, um, we just reorg the office space and everything. I actually don't have yep. an office anymore. So I just have this laptop, <laughs> just take yep. it around with me. <laughs> but also my team members who do have desks, um, they, I also allow them to work remote part-time. So we try to make sure it's a balance of like being there for the team. So since I'm leading the leaders, my job really is to like, yeah, connect with their people, but more connect with them and make sure the leaders feel supported. So I go on site, like, between two and three times a week now and it keeps changing like it changes all the time based on the need like if I have a leader who's going through a growth season or like they've got a big project like I'll be there on site to connect with them more or like I have somebody right now who just does better with in-person one-on-one so I like intentionally just go in that day to see them even though everyone else seems to do really well with like a team's meeting <laughs> virtual. Yeah. So I just, I'd change it up, but I'm just very clear with where I'm at. Um, like in my calendar, I say like I'm on site and where I'm at, I manage a few different locations. So I just like get in my car and go wherever I'm needed. <laughs> but a lot of my lab leaders, they don't have that choice. They have to be there. Right. Um, but I let them know, like if there's specific deep work, or you've got a deadline or you're not feeling well, or your kids have a thing, like just work from home, but just like be really intentional and tell the people that you're yeah, working with, like, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> we did have that issue for a while where people were like thinking that the leaders weren't working because they couldn't be seen. So I think you do have to be careful with that and just be like, no, I'm obviously working <laughs> and this is how you can reach me. That's kind of been the biggest shift for me that I've seen you know, pre-COVID versus post-COVID is the shift of trust. And mm-hmm. there was definitely, even in my office, you know, pre-COVID, the area president would do laps in the office on Friday afternoons because and to see who was still working. And it's to, so unhealthy. <laughs> like check and make sure that people are there. And I think wow. the difference is, is like, that was just really button seat right? That doesn't mean they're productive. That doesn't mean yeah, they're actually mean you're doing anything there. And now, I mean, my management is now based out of Chicago, so I don't mm-hmm. actually have any local management, but it's, it's, 
it's about the deliverables and I have very concrete deadlines and ways of showing up. And if they know that I'm doing that work, then they leave me alone. Right. So, yeah, I love that. I mean, not all of us can have that luxury. Right. But right. When it's true, when we do, it's really nice on the, obviously on the podcast, being better every day podcast, we focus on simple systems, strategies, and just being a little bit better every day. So what would that mean? Or what does that mean to you? Right. Because it's going to mean something different to everyone. Well, I always think of like the 1% better thing. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what I think of is just like every day, like is a new opportunity to just do a little bit better. And I think for a while, when I first started in leadership and I was burning out, I thought I had to do like a 180 and like become like an expert in like a day. And then I was like, okay, that's not possible or sustainable. (laughs) And so did a lot of like reading and came across that 1%. And I love what you have for your business, the the being better every day concept, which so to me, it just means like, just make tiny tweaks and shifts. Um, I love the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, because he talks about that a lot. And like Atomic being like the smallest amount that you can, the smallest amount of change you can make. So yeah. When I first started in my leadership role at at work and then started creating systems for like, kind of, am I meeting all my goals? Am I doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing? I had to like define what success meant for me because I thought success meant like having all the answers and like always being available and like never, nobody ever had a question. And I always had, I thought of everything before everyone else thought of everything. It was like essentially just controlling everything. Yeah. (laughs) And then I redefined it as like, no, like I was showed up. I was present. I listened more than I talked. I had a very like clear set of things I had to do each day. And then also it was sort of think about prioritization of my work. Like success didn't mean like checking every to-do list item every day. Cause I, I, I would never, I, I probably have hundreds of to-do list items every year. So it meant more like just making progress on the right things. So like what type of strategic work should I be working on? So I would kind of come up with a list of <clears throat> one to three things that I wanted to work on. And then at the end of every day for a while, I did like a self-reflection and I was like, was I present? Did I get triggered at all? (laughs) You know, like, did someone say something and I was like, and I have to control it? Or was I like, okay. And did I get more curious? You know, did I just start kind of asking questions and try to figure that out? Like, how was my presence? Did I really work on the things that I wanted to work on? Did I over schedule myself? So it was kind of these tiny shifts to be better every day by asking myself questions about like, yeah, how I was showing up. And then how I felt at the end of the day. And like, I don't know if you ever get that feeling where you're like, oh, I feel like I did something wrong. I feel kind of, yes. like, what is it? What is so, it? Uh, uh. <laughs> it, it, it? There's two things I want to talk about with this because I, yeah. I do want to get into your system that you've created to help. And I'm forgetting the name of it, but kind of around that planning and information. We will get into that. But one of the yeah. things you said was checking yourself of whether you've been triggered and mm. You know, it's it's not something I've talked about yet on the podcast, but for a long time in my 20s, uh, I had that emotional reaction to mm-hmm. feedback, to 
adjustments, whatever. Obviously, I was growing in my career. I was presenting to clients and taking everything very personally. And mm-hmm. I think there's a, you know, I want you to t- kind of talk about that too, because I'm guessing you've had to do a lot of growth there too. You know, mm-hmm. when you're 20s, it's very easy to, as you're growing in your career, to look at it as a direct reflection of who you are. And I think as I've grown in my career, I've realized, A, I'm confident in who I am and who I at in my career, right? Like I know mm-hmm. that I'm good at my job, but also I've also realized that their feedback may not, I may not have to align to it. Like it's yeah. just their feedback, their belief, and I can listen to it, decide if it's a part of who I am. And mm-hmm. if it's not kind of acknowledge it and move on and, and not internalize that information. So oh, yeah. talk a little, a little bit about that, because you, like you said, it's something that I still struggle with, with certain individuals in my corporate job where I've at this point with the history, basically doing what I can to not interact with certain individuals because mm-hmm. of the, that kind of triggering, but you know, just overall, what does that yeah. mean? You know, oh my gosh, how many that work too? <laughs> yeah. So there, I feel like you touched on like three or four things. So one of them is just like, what do you do when you feel like you might be getting triggered, which I'll talk about like the pause. And then two, like whose opinion really matters. That makes me think of Brene Brown's like Daring Greatly book and the quote that she uses. Um, it's the Teddy Roosevelt speech where he talks about like how essentially the, to summarize it, it's like, there's, if you're, there's a person in the ring, the man in the ring and they're doing the work and they're like the one daring greatly, like they're taking the risks and the people in the audience, if they want to boo at you or throw tomatoes at you or like, um, criticize you, you know, maybe it's not worth listening in their opinion because they're not actually in your shoes. Like they're not willing to walk with you and do that thing. So what I've, yeah, I had to learn is like, not everyone's opinion is weighted the same. Yeah. Some people say like, not everyone's matter, but it's, it's tough. I think we're always going to care what people think about us or what we, they want, we want them to think we're doing the right things. So the part you mentioned with self-confidence, it's like, it's kind of two parts. It's the knowing that I'm doing things with the best of intentions always, right? Like I always try to assume people are doing things with the best intentions, especially if I'm like, why are they doing that? (laughs) Kind of like how someone might be doing that to me. Like, okay, if they're well-intentioned, like what might they be, what might they be thinking? So yeah, assuming that I'm a good person too, right? Like if I am doing things that I like in my values, like whether it's work or home, like, okay. So I'm, I, th- I think I'm a good person. Okay, cool. Do I make mistakes? Yeah. Sometimes I mess up. <laughs> so I'm also a human. So that's like the third part. Like I'm a human and it's very possible that I messed up here, <laughs> but also like, I know, I, I know I do a really freaking good job at this, at this job. Like I do know what I'm doing. So over time that confidence builds, but when you're in your twenties and you're new, you're like trying to prove that you're like the best and perfect and you know, everything. And now I think, yeah, as being in this role for so long, being 33, I'm going to be 34 this year. A lot of the people that I'm all now hiring are like 22, you know, where I, where I was and 
there's just this like wisdom that comes over time where you're like, no, I've been around, like, I've seen a lot of these things. Like, I don't know everything, but I can feel pretty confident in like what yeah. I'm doing. And also you have more mentors, people that are in the ring with you too, like talking to someone trusted at work, like not your bestie that you like vent about about work, <laughs> but <laughs> like somebody, <laughs> right. Yeah. But somebody that you trust that you can go to and be like, okay, so I know, you know what I'm doing. And you've maybe done the same thing. Like, did I error here? Or am I thinking about this right? I'll do that a lot when I have a leader I'm working with who I'm like questioning what they're doing before I like approach them and sort of ask more. I'll talk to somebody I trust and be like, okay, so here's kind of like my perception of this. Like, am I seeing the whole thing or am I like, do I have like a blind spot? Like, is there anything else? Um, so yeah, it's, it's the confidence the checking yourself too, before you go and get judged or triggered or make assumptions. And then the not weighing everybody's opinions, the same, like my mom does not listen to this podcast. So I'll just share this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, she doesn't understand always what I do for work. So I remember when I went back to school for my master's degree, she was like, what are you doing that for? Like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, I love to learn. It's something that's going to like fuel me in this season. I might need it later. I might not, but I just think it'd be a good growth opportunity. And sure. It's really expensive in hindsight. Maybe I could have gone to a cheaper school. (laughs) That's how I feel about my undergrad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She didn't understand. And I took that, like, I felt so guilty about it. Like, I was like, oh my God, like she's judging me for this, doing this. Right. But then at, in my corporate work, my leaders who are work at, that I'm working with, they have their master's degree and they're like, oh, it's so cool that you decided not to do your MBA and you did your public health degree because you have a slightly different perspective and you can still learn all the finance stuff that you need in your role by experience. Like, that's so cool. I'm like, okay, so maybe I wait my, you know, VP's uh, uh, opinion a little bit more than my mom's. Right. <laughs> so if you are feeling triggered, I think just pausing before you react. And that is hard to learn. Yeah. It's it's more like you have to really think about it and be like, okay. And then getting curious rather than getting defensive. And that is definitely something I've had to work on. And when I see leaders that get defensive right away, I'm like, oh, okay, you have a little growth to do. That's okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that what I would say, especially for somebody who is a perfectionist, that one's always hard, right? Is is just mm-hmm. like pausing and okay, they're not attacking my character. They're uh, observing something that we could be better at, right? Okay, so talk about your, you know, back to systems organization kind of prioritizing things. Talk about what you've created to help with that. So yeah, my system is called leader standard work. Um, And actually it's a lean term, but I created a leader standard workbook. So like a planner for it, but what is pause? What's a lean term? Lean. Oh, so lean is like (laughs) a way of thinking that's used in manufacturing, but it's also repurposed in a lot of other businesses like healthcare. So lean is just a system that Toyota created where they kind of look at a process from like end to end and then they evaluate it and they get rid of all the non-value added steps. So it's just a way to become like more and more efficient. I feel like I do that in everything in my career, but okay. (laughs) It applies like everywhere. I think it's why it works for managing your time as a leader or professional because 
essentially what leader standard work is, is really in, in basic terms, is just like, a, it can be a template or a visual aid. That's essentially like a habit tracker for your work. And then what you do with that is you can see all your meetings, all your appointments, all your work. You can look at it and see like, am I booked? Like for me, I know when I started out, I would have like 90% of my day booked with meetings. And then I'm like, when am I supposed to do work? <laughs> like, so I learned to level load my, my schedule. I learned to make time for more highly visible projects and not worry about some, some of the details because that got me further and made me more visible and that helped me get promoted. Um, and then it also helped me do that daily reflection I was talking about. Cause there's a, a spot usually on the tool to, to see like, Oh, I didn't go to like any of these meetings or I didn't get any of these things done. I must've overscheduled myself. So it's super basic and simple and it's customizable too. So I have, I started using one for myself and I kept tweaking it based on my job over time. And then it was like teaching it to my leaders that I was leading. And then this last year at work, I led a, it was a year long leadership development course and deployed it there to, I think we have like 55 supervisors and it's really cool. So now they're like using it. Mine was on paper when I first started. Now that's like in Excel and they have like hyperlinked things like clicking to time cards and like clicking to their, whatever they have to be doing. So it's really cool. It's essentially being self-managing your, managing yourself, self-management in a visual way. So it's not all up here. And you know, that's something you always talk about is like getting it out of your head and onto paper or digital or whatever. Like if it's all up here, it's, it's like busy your brain. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why I was overwhelmed too when I first started. Cause I was like, I should be doing all the things. And you kind of just like then don't know what to do. <laughs> and you don't do any of them. Especially yeah. if you're a perfectionist, you procrastinate. So that's my system in a nutshell. Well, and I think it helps with yeah, you know, I look at the leaders in our the organization that I work with, and so many of them are back to back meetings eight hours a day. And implementing some sort of system like that to help manage and even advocate to their management about having the time to get work done. There's so many, I mean, I probably know more professionals that are booked back to back eight hours a day than that, right? I am not with my job because of how it works, but most of the people I work with are, right? Especially on the executive level. It helps you be proactive because if you're not tracking it and you're overwhelmed, you can't ever pause to, to advocate or be like, I need a change. You just keep going until you burn out and need like a week off. (laughs) So, so this tool helped me and it helps my leaders to be able to say like, Hey boss, like I need help. Or like, Hey, I am thinking maybe I don't need to attend this meeting or like, what, what would it look like if I didn't go to these set of meetings that would give me an hour back every day I could get xyz done and now you are improving your communication building trust making more space for you to do like actual work it's amazing you look highly accountable even if you're like failing quote unquote in your mind because you're ahead of it instead of a month later your boss is like hey so you're kind of like missing deadlines and I'm having to remind you about stuff and like you seem kind of like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, but you know, with your yeah. system, you're able to prove 
here's my system. Yeah. Here's my work. Here's how I'm managing my I time. Literally yeah. can send it to my boss and be like, here's what I'm working on. Does this feel aligned with what you think I should be working on? And then she can tell me yes or no. Same thing with me, with my leaders, when they say they're struggling, I'm like, okay, show me what you're working on. And then I'll go through and be like, low priority, low priority, low priority. And they're like, really? And they're like, I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay. I'm like, so you have permission to like not work on this and work on just this. They're like, oh, okay. I feel better about that. (laughs) I think that's been the thing that I've seen too, is transparency when in management of, it's really hard for, you would think it's not, but it's really hard for managers to understand what their direct reports are working on. If mm-hmm. you don't have some sort of system where they're not having to babysit you, right? So in this case, it's not, right? You're, yeah. You have the system. It's an easy accountability without having to spend, you know, being micromanaged, basically. Exactly. And I think people are at first resistant to doing this. Like they don't like tracking their time for whatever reason, because I think they're afraid to show that they're inefficient with it. But actually, once you start like writing all the things down that you do and sort of tracking it, you just become more efficient. It's kind of like if you had to keep a food diary. Yeah. (laughs) You like don't want to write down that you ate like eight Snickers or like five Cadbury eggs, (laughs) not speaking from experience or anything. (laughs) Right. So then you just maybe don't eat as many Cadbury eggs. Right. (laughs) So same thing with your time. If you're like, oh, I was just planning for 15 minutes for this huddle, but it actually takes 30 minutes every day. I'm going to actually say it's 30 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now you can adjust and be like, this is what's actually happening. And so I wish people wouldn't be as resistant and they would just try it. um, And they they'll see a huge return from it. I think you'll be like exponentially more productive if you're actually just very aware of what you're doing instead of not having a plan. And I think that's what you always talk about is like, let's actually have a plan. Yeah, for sure. So all great information. Obviously we're both very passionate about leadership for those who want to learn more. Where can people find you? Where do you show up? All the things. Yeah, I would say two place, two main places. So my website has a ton of info on it, including freebies. There's even a free leader standard work template on there. And then I have a free organized in 30 days course that I just put up there. I saw that. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to get to know me really quick. Cause I have videos like for every day from what I posted. So it, my website is kfaconsulting.org. So check that out. And then I'm not super great at Instagram, although I'm <laughs> trying. <laughs> so I would say, but I'm at KFA consulting on there as well, but I show up very consistently on YouTube and I'm at Kayla Fahey aren't on there, but if you search my name, you'll find me. Well, and, and we'll link them on the the show notes as well. And I think I always end up tagging, you have multiple Instagrams. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a creative soul. So I like start all these accounts, but I can never, yeah. Instagram's not my thing as much, (laughs) but I'm trying. So, but KFA consulting is where I'm at. And again, you've shown up for you on YouTube for years as well. So definitely a lot of information on there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining the podcast and I can't wait to flip the script and, you know, do the other side of it. So yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Being Better Every Day podcast. To see any visuals, head over to my YouTube channel. Links, socials, and resources mentioned can always be found in today's show notes. 
I truly appreciate you leaving a rating and review to help me reach more women looking to build systems to be peacefully productive. If you are looking for more, you can always find me on Instagram at julie.pwdesigns, sharing the behind the scenes of my everyday life as a millennial mom, corporate girly, and small business owner. Until next time, keep on taking one step at a time towards your version of being better every day.